0: I do want to let you know that there is. You're awake now, aren't you? I, I do want you to know that we have a, uh, a a area for nursing mothers that's prepared in one of the nursery rooms. Um, there's a TV in there that has a live feed of the uh, the worship service, so you won't miss anything. So that is available if you need that. Um, we have we've been in uh, our study of Philippians and uh, well in New York City there are some uh, estimated eight is it million yeah there's some eight million cats and 11 million dogs that's the estimate rough because nobody went through and counted them but as you can imagine New York City is not like Huntsville, and, and when Fido's time comes, you don't just go bury him in the backyard. And and so the city instituted a thing where hundred dollars dispose of it. And this lady got kinda enterprising. She took out an ad in the newspaper and said, I will come and dispose of the carcass of your pet for twenty dollars. And so business started booming. What she would do was she'd go down to the Salvation Army and she'd buy an old suitcase for a dollar or two. And then she'd go to take the carcass of the animal and she'd put it inside of the suitcase. And then she'd get on the subway. And on the subway in New York City there are thieves. And sooner or later, somebody would take her suitcase and run off, and she'd go, wait, stop, thief. Now, a lot of us are are like those thieves. We're risking everything to grab things that we think are important to us, and when we get them off and we finally get to see what we've actually got, it's not something we really wanted. We're chasing after things that advertising tells us we're supposed to have. You know, if you, uh, if you drive this car, you'll look like Matthew McConaughey. Or if you use this shampoo, you'll have locks like a supermodel. And, and we start to believe that and we spend our lives chasing things that really aren't worth chasing. What are you chasing? That's what I want us to think about this morning. What are you chasing? Because a lot of us are chasing something. Paul's going to take us down now to the heart of the matter. And if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn over to Philippians 3. That's where we're going to be. He's told to be with them. He's told them that the gospel of Jesus Christ is of surpassing worth, that it's worth more than, than anything, that there's nothing as valuable as, as knowing Jesus Christ, and, and that that worth... Is uh, is so valuable that it's even worth more than not just his imprisonment, but his very life, and so. He, he then has challenged them to, to live lives worthy of the gospel, lives worthy of the calling that they have in Christ, being united, he says, in the mind of Christ. Last week we talked about, chapter 2, that, that mind of self-sacrifice that, that, that is modeled by Jesus. And that's that not serving ambition or conceit or any of these things, but, but living a life full of joy. And that's where he's at in the beginning of chapter 3. We're living a life full of joy. And, and he starts off further, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to write the same thing to you again. And it's a safeguard for you. Now, wait a minute. A safeguard from what? Or maybe it's from who? See, whenever people find liberation, freedom in Jesus, there's always people who want to put them back into chains. There are always people who want to put them back into legalism. There's, well, verse 2. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. It may be that the greatest threat to Christianity is religion. The greatest threat to freedom in Christ, is religion. Now, I don't know how many souls have been lost because of legalistic, rule-based religion. Let me give you an example. You all know Mahatma Gandhi. Mahatma Gandhi was the, the leader of Indians uh, India's independence movement. is a pacifist, and, and he went to South Africa to get his education. He was there during the time of apartheid, and he came racist, bigoted Christians. And when he returned to India, Gandhi said famously, I like their Christ, but I do not like their Christians. Let me give you another example. Famous German philosopher named Friedrich Nietzsche coined the phrase, God is dead. He was so repulsed by his encounters with legalistic Christians that he said, I'm going to need to see a lot more of them redeemed before I'll ever believe in their redeemer. Legalism destroys Christian life, and it destroys our witness to the world. When we put that burden, Paul says these guys these guys Paul says are dogs. They're they're outside. They're strays. They're outside here picking up scraps. They're they're that that's carried in the little pink case with the jeweled collar, and that's not the kind of dogs he's talking about. He's talking strays at the, the waste and, and, and roam around in the, in, the, in the refuse heaps and in the garbage pails. That's the dogs that he's talking about. He says they're evil workers. That phrase translated evil doers is not about sinners. It's not about people outside of Christ who are doing evil things. It's about those who pervert the gospel of grace and make it about righteous acts. They are workers of the mutilation. Now, this is a play on words here, and we don't really get it because we don't know Greek. And Greek is what the original writing was in. And he's playing two words against each other. He, he's, he's playing catatome, which is, is cutting something off. It's like chopping wood. It's rough, it's nasty, it's mutilation. He's playing that against peritome, which is the word ceremonial act of circumcision. And, and he's talking about circumcision, but he deliberately uses a word for hacking, mutilating. And he says, these people are mutilators because we are the circumcision. The true circumcision is about hearts, not other body parts. So I think one of the things that we learn from this is beware of anyone who ever offers you Jesus and if it's Jesus and some checklist that you have to do if it's Jesus and being the member of the of a right church if it's Jesus and ceremonial acts if it's Jesus and anything that should make you a little bit nervous because that's not the gospel that's not scripture then he really gets fired up if, if you want to be about works of the flesh Paul says if you want to be about righteous acts I got you all beat and he starts to give his resume verse 4 though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh I have more circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin a Hebrew of Hebrews as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. I was at the top of that religious pecking order. This this checklist that you guys got, this hierarchy, I was at the top of that thing. I attained everything that you guys are trying to get. And it was all crap. Verse 7. Whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Again, this surpassing value of knowing Christ. He's been talking about this through the whole book. The surpassing value of knowing Christ. If you want to live according to the flesh, if you want to live a righteousness based on what you can do, on human works, on human abilities, Paul says, I've lived that life. i perfected that life. i mastered that life. And it was all crap. Now, I know it's making some of you nervous that I keep using that word. But that's the word Paul uses. Skibalo is the Greek word. It's not found anywhere else in the Bible. And it's rarely found in Greek writings, maybe one or two times. Because it's a slang word. It's a slang word for excrement. We have words like that. Yet the words you're thinking, that's what he's saying. That's what he's saying here. Because he's that fired up. Don't get hung up on the word. The word's not the point. The point is, he is so fired up about this that he says it doesn't matter what it is. Anything, anything at all compared to knowing Jesus Christ is crap. It's worthless. Fame, fortune, influence, righteousness, morality, purity, politics, religion, anything compared to, of anything else that we've learned In 2020, we should have learned that this world needs Jesus. You can amen that one. This world needs Jesus. It's an election year, so depending on which uh, channel you get your news from, they're going to tell you that their guy is going to be your savior from whatever fear they're trying to peddle to you this week. But their guy is going to be your savior and, and that's why you need to be listening to them because all this other stuff is coming to get you and 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 as we're listening to all that we got to remember y'all politics aren't going to protect us politicians aren't going to save you from sickness legislators aren't going to save you from death laws aren't going to fix race when they were little we'd take our children to the altar of the golden arches because they, they loved that place, and uh, they had convinced them that they needed a happy meal. Um, they had a McDonald's-shaped hole in their heart, and the only thing that would fill it, the only thing that would bring true happiness was a couple of nuggets, a little thing of french fries, and a dime store toy. Now, I used to try to talk them out of it, and offer to buy them a dollar store toy, if they just get the food. And of course, they'd holler, "We want Happy Meal!" And everybody in the place would look at the mean man who wouldn't buy his kid a Happy Meal. And it, it was, it was, you know, a thing. And so I'd cave and buy the Happy Meal. And and the problem with Happy Meals was that that happiness didn't last. Usually, that toy was broke before we got home, and that happiness was gone. And they were looking for something else. To replace it. Problem is, as we get older, our Happy Meals just get more expensive. We have this thing, whatever it is. Maybe it's a person. If she'll just marry me, I'll be happy. Maybe it's a, a job. If I just get this job and this thing in my career, I'll be happy. Maybe it's money, fame, power. I don't know. But we all have our Happy Meals. And when we get them we're like those New York thieves cuz we open them up and we find out it was all crap. That's what Paul says. Anything compared to knowing Jesus Christ is worthless. Anything. It doesn't matter what it is. Whether it's money, wealth, fame, power or whether it's religious checklist, anything compared to knowing Jesus Christ is worthless. This morning, what we're about, the reason we have this facility, the reason we come together is to glorify our risen Savior because we know Jesus. Now, if you don't know Jesus this morning, I would say stop chasing all those things that you're chasing because in the end, you're going to open it up and find death and find junk, find out that it's worthless. The only thing that has value, the only thing, Paul says, is knowing Jesus Christ as Lord. Don't waste your life chasing Christ. Produce you to Him. Change your life. That's what we're about. I want you to join right now while together we stand and sing.